It's time to eat. Get in my belly. Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Evan Silva. Me so hungry. On the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. And if you are looking for a place to make online wagers, we are presented by betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Just use the code PODCAST1. You get a 50% sign-up bonus today. He is the greatest fantasy football analyst of all time, at Evan Silva on Twitter. I am undefeated in my fantasy football league in which Evan resides. I beat him head-to-head. I'm still undefeated. Domination. I put Crowell in my flex again this week, Evan. Are you kidding me? I love (laughs) Isaiah Crowell. That's my favorite player at this point in the NFL based on the two touchdowns and the ass wipe against the Browns and now what he did against the Broncos. Crow is my guy. So we're rolling along. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL, Twitter and Instagram and the whole deal. Evan is on Twitter at Evan Silva. Here's what we do. Evan has encyclopedic knowledge of every single skill guy in the NFL. And so every week he gives you his thoughts on what he thinks each and every guy is going to do. Let's start Thursday nighter, Eagles, Giants, Mr. Silva. Yeah, this is a huge game in real life. The Giants badly need this one. I mean, they're one in four. Uh, the Eagles badly need it too. I mean, they're the Super Bowl champs. They're coming off a two and three start. They've been upset twice in in pretty bad spots. Um, the the total on this game is only forty four, which surprised me. Uh, and we'll get into that. I think this game has decent high scoring potential. Um, Eli Manning, you know, he's been he's been a top thirteen fantasy quarterback in two of the last three weeks. Uh, the game where I liked him as a fantasy play uh, was against the Saints, and he was not good in that one. Uh, but he has been good in two of the last three, enough that I think that he is a worthy streamer uh, in this game. It's not really a big high-scoring week in terms of projections, in terms of uh, the Vegas totals this week. Um, a lot of quarterbacks are in rough spots, so... I am going to pick up Eli Manning off the waiver wire and probably use him uh, in uh, several of my leagues this week. He had two of his best games or his two best games of the 2017 season against Jim Schwartz's secondary. And Jim Schwartz's secondary has been really, really struggling. Um, And that's in large part due to injuries. I mean, they lost Rodney McLeod. Uh, Last week they lost his replacement, Corey Graham to a hamstring injury, uh, Sidney Jones, their slot corner, uh, and Derek Barnett, a uh, pass rusher up front. They're going to be questionable, it looks like, for this game on a short week. Um, so I think that Eli Manning is very much in play as a streamer. The The main reason is that I don't think that anybody in the Eagles secondary can cover Odell Beckham uh, or Sterling Shepard. And Sterling Shepard, along with Eli, had two of his three best games last year against the Eagles. The Eagles could not cover Sterling Shepard. And Odell Beckham only played in one of those games. He had two touchdowns uh, in the game that he did play. And, of course, he was injured uh, for the second. But all those guys are really, really good fantasy plays. This week should be in every single lineup. The matchup is difficult 
for Saquon Barkley. The Eagles have held opposing running backs to one rushing touchdown through five games, 2.8 yards per carry, but it's Saquon Barkley. He's got over 100 total yards in all five games. He's got 31 catches, third most among NFL running backs. It looks like the Eagles might get Evan Ingram back, or at least based on, I'm sorry, the Giants might get Evan Ingram based on Pat Shermer's comments, but uh, one of their best beat writers, Dan Dugan, today of The Athletic, uh, said that he does not think that Evan Ingram will play. Um, I think that, you know, even if Evan Ingram is in there, and I do have uh, Evan Ingram in a couple of spots, I'm not going to try to play him in this Thursday nighter. Uh, The Eagles are good against tight ends. They're very athletic uh, at the linebacker position. Um, So, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to force in Evan Ingram. Um, on the Eagles side, this offense has really gotten off to a slow start. They went over 25 points in uh, like half of their games last year, and they have not uh, gone over or they have not reached 25 points in a game yet this year. Uh, a big problem for them so far, since, especially since Carson Wentz came under center, is that they have struggled to pass protect. The good news is the Eagles are, or the Giants are dead last in the NFL in sacks. They're 27th in quarterback hits. Uh, Dan Dugan does believe that Olivier Vernon, their best pass rusher, is going to be back this week. But, you know, what kind of football shape is he going to be in coming off a severe high ankle sprain that cost him the first five games of the season? Is he going to be able to make an immediate impact? I'm skeptical uh, Carson Wentz, top 13 fantasy quarterback in back-to-back games, started to run a little bit more. You know, coming off that knee injury, he was not running a whole lot in the first couple of games. Ran five times last week, 26 rushing yards. Uh, that always is a big, you know, sneaky way to boost your floor and your ceiling as a fantasy quarterback. Eagle, the Giants have allowed the most rushing yards to opposing quarterbacks in the NFL uh, five games in. The backfield situation is what everybody wants to talk about. Uh, Jay Ajayi, of course, is out for the season with a torn ACL. Darren Sproles doesn't look like he's going to be back this week due to a hamstring injury. We did get to see this backfield in week three against the Colts without Ajayi and without Darren Sproles. So we have a decent little template here uh, to work with. Corey Clement got 19 touches in that game. He played 55% of the snaps. Wendell Smallwood, 13 touches on 35% of the snaps. Josh Adams, six touches on 10% of the snaps. Now, Corey Clement is coming off a two-week quad injury uh, that really has lingered for three weeks. Um, And I I don't know that he's necessarily going to jump right back in to be that lead back. I do think that he is a viable flex play, uh, and I'm going to be starting him in some leagues where I have him and not starting him in others, just depending on my options. Uh, On a one-for-one basis, I would actually prefer – to start Wendell Smallwood over Corey Clement in this game. Um, I really like what I've seen out of Wendell Smallwood, and I really in past years have not been a big fan, uh, and it is you know a, a small sample size, so there's definitely some risk here. But they used him like on wheel routes around the goal line last week. Uh, he played 50% of the snaps last week. Uh, I think that they're warming up to him. He outplayed Corey Clement in that week three game that we mentioned. Uh, so I, I would rather play him being as he's healthy. He has been out there. He's been playing well at the best level of his career. 
uh, over Corey Clement. I think that Josh Adams is worth stashing, especially in non-PPR leagues, big physical back out of uh, Notre Dame. Uh, could end up with a decent role. You know, this team might end up trading for LaShawn McCoy, though. I think that that almost it feels likely uh, as we're doing this on Wednesday morning. Uh, and, you know, as someone who has a decent amount of LaShawn McCoy in fantasy, I'm kind of hope, hoping that that does happen. Um, uh, Alshon Jeffrey had a rough game last week, you know, was was uh, lined up against Xavier Rhodes a decent amount. They also moved him into the slot. Uh, a bunch in that game to try to get him away from Xavier Rhodes. And, uh, you know, he, he didn't quite capitalize, but he did see eight targets. Now he's going to face Janoris Jenkins. They could do something very similar. Um, use him in the slot. Janoris Jenkins has played four slot snaps all year, and Janoris Jenkins has struggled. Uh, Pro Football Focus has charted him with allowing 75% of targets against him to be complete over the last month for 303 yards and three touchdowns. Um, so, you know, I'm not really getting too worried about uh, Alshon Jeffrey's, like his cornerback matchup this week. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey has been top 15 in the NFL in air yards since coming back from a shoulder injury two games ago. Nelson Aguilar has been a roller coaster uh, since Carson Wentz came back five, 12 and four targets in three games. Um He's going to be in the slot a lot in this game uh, over half the time, uh, even with Alshon playing the slot more than usual last week. Aguilar was still in the slot over half the time. Giant slot corners, B.W. Webb, uh, who has played for seven NFL teams. So, look, I think that Nelson Aguilar right now, you know, until something changes, we have to kind of embrace him as just a, a volatile wide receiver three slash flex option. Uh, Dallas Goddard has not been as involved. Uh, since Alshon came back, two and two targets the last two games. Uh, Jordan Matthews snaps fell to 37% uh, last week. Shelton Gibson gave them uh, some semblance of a vertical game, at least on his uh, one catch last week. He made a, a diving highlight reel, a 48-yard reception. Um, and he's a guy that maybe if you're playing on one of these one-game uh, DFS slates, he might be a guy to look at. Um, uh, and then, of course, Zach you know he, he's been a monster double digit targets in all five in all five games so and the Giants have been pretty bad against tight ends over the last three weeks and historically he has crushed the Giants uh, so Zachary stands out as you know the best pass catcher play on the Eagles side we can move on to the next one next game is the Bucks and the Falcons gotta think a lot of points in that one huh oh yeah huge total on this uh, it's either the high – I think it's this, actually the second highest total game. The Patriots-Chiefs game has the highest total, uh, but this one is right hovering right around 58 points. Um, so absolutely a shootout. You know, it really would be easier to talk about the guys that – to not play in, in this game, essentially. O.J. Howard is out, so that puts Cameron Brait in play. Jameis Winston finished last season strong. Uh, averaged 317 yards with a 9-to-5 touchdown interception ratio over the last five weeks. Uh, he is facing this just decimated Falcons defense uh, in the dome, the, the Mercedes-Benz Dome in Atlanta. Uh, Jameis Winston immediately is a top-10 quarterback play at worst. I plan on using a lot of him in daily fantasy this week. Um, 
the you know I know that it's it's been up and down for Julio Jones. Joe Hayden had a great game against him last week, and Joe Hayden deserves credit for that. Um, Julio did come alive a little bit in the in the fourth quarter, but I mean he was catchless entering the fourth quarter. This Bucks defense, he tore it up last year, and it's worse this year uh, in in terms of pass defense. So. I, you know, look, I, I know that we, we get sick of the ups and downs, trust me, but we're starting Julio every friggin' week. You know, he's third in the NFL in receiving yards, and um, he, he's an awesome, awesome play. Um, Calvin Ridley came back down to earth. You know, he's been living off touchdowns, uh, and he was kind of bound for some negative regression there. Uh, he still leads the Falcons in red zone targets. He's second on the team in air yards behind Julio. You know, he is only averaging six targets per game over the last month. Uh, so there are when, when a guy is not seeing really heavy volume, they are going to be ups and downs, especially in a passing game where so many guys are now involved. You know, it's Sanu, Austin Hooper's coming off a great game. Uh, the, the running backs can catch passes. Obviously, Julio is the alpha. So you have to, you know, understand that there are going to be some ups and downs, but you definitely want to start Calvin Ridley against the Buccaneers this week. I think he's a wide receiver three with wide receiver two upside. Uh, that's the way that, that I would sort of view him. Um, the Buccaneers have been just getting smashed uh, in the slot, uh, and Mohamed Sanu uh, runs 76% of his routes in the slot. So I think that he is in play as a wide receiver three slash flex option. Uh, the backfield in Atlanta has been – disappointing and it looks like it's going to continue to be disappointing because now they're using a four or a three-way rotation and Ido Smith was only got to score a touchdown in the backfield last week he only saw four touches but still that's you know four touches that he's taking away from the other guys played 17 percent of the snaps Tevin Coleman nine touches 38 percent of the snaps Devontae Freeman 10 touches 39 percent of the snaps so these guys unfortunately Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman are kind of risky flex plays. Um, the Buccaneers' strength on defense has been against the run, holding opposing running backs to 3.68 yards per carry. Um, and then Austin Hooper, you know, the, the Bucs have gotten really smashed by everybody in the passing game. Uh, but Zach Ertz had a big game against them. Vance McDonald had a huge game against them. Uh, Trey Burton had two for 86 and a touchdown against them before the bye week. Uh, Josh Perkins even got in the Eagles third string tight end had four catches for 57 against him. So Austin Hooper coming off uh, his, one of his best games in his career, uh, just from a usage standpoint, uh, he should be started as a high end streamer. Um, you know, the, the Falcons are so decimated in the secondary. There's really nothing to worry about with Mike Evans. That is Jameis Winston's boy. And he's going to feed, uh, him the rock um chris godwin you know he had big games with ryan fitzpatrick uh and that it, it, that's nice i think that he, he's sort of in the same boat as chris godwin i'm sorry as uh, calvin ridley of atlanta where he's not you know he's only playing like 50 or 60 percent of the snaps and he's kind of touchdown dependent he's not having big yardage games uh necessarily so he, he is a wide receiver three with wide receiver two upside, uh, but he is, you know, he's going to have ups and downs. 
Uh, Deshaun Jackson, we know about his ups and downs. He doesn't get a lot of volume, but he has had uh, more big games than not so far this year. And, you know, in this fast-paced, up-tempo, likely shootout, you know, this is a week to use uh, Deshaun Jackson for sure. And, again, Cameron Brait with no O.J. Howard, uh, I think that he's a guy that, you know, he's going to be uh, underpriced in daily fantasy, uh, and he's got a great matchup, and I think he's going to uh, he's going to be a really solid player, maybe a guy that you could even get off the waiver wire. We can move on to the next one. Next game, another game where I think there might be a decent amount of points, Steelers at the Bengals. Yeah, I think that this game uh, has high-scoring potential as well. Joe Mixon came back, and, you know, Marvin Lewis tells us that he's going to share time with Mark Walton. Nope. 25 touches, 78% of the snaps. Uh, He is a full-time feature back. Giovanni Bernard doesn't look like he's going to be ready for week six. Uh, The Steelers have been good against the run, holding running backs to 3.4 yards per carry. Uh, and the third fewest receiving yards. So that's just something to mention, you know, in terms of the matchup. Uh, The matchup just isn't that great on paper, but Joe Mixon has 22, 22, and 25 touches in his three games so far this year. He's been excellent, uh, and he's playing in this offense that ranks third in the NFL in scoring. So I'm not overthinking that with Joe Mixon. Uh, I think that Andy Dalton is a high-floor play this week. He has been a top 15 fantasy quarterback in four of five starts this year and four of five quarterbacks to have faced the Steelers have finished as top 12 fantasy scorers. Um, Since Bill Lazor took over as the Bengals offensive coordinator in week three last year, Andy Dalton has a 37 to 15 touchdown to interception ratio in 19 games. Uh, You know, his, his weaponry is kind of taken hits, but it does look like they might get John Ross back. Uh, At very least, he can be like a a decoy on the outside and help some of the interior guys um, free up some space for those guys. So I'd rather have John Ross out there than not. Um, In the uh, Bengals' first game, first full game without Tyler Eifert, A.J. Green set season highs in targets with 10 in yards, 112. Uh, Bill Lazor did a great job of keeping him away from the Dolphins' top cornerback, Xavier Howard. He uh, A.J. Green ran in the slot on 45% of his routes a season high. I think that he will try to do the same against Joe Hayden this week. Again, Joe Hayden had a great game in week five against Julio Jones, really kept him quiet, held him catch us for three quarters. Uh, and Joe Hayden has only played four uh, snaps in the slot this year. So Bill Lazor could use a very similar tactic and strategy to, tr- to get A.J. Green uh, into more favorable coverage looks. Uh, the Steelers have allowed the most touchdown catches and the second most 20-plus yard pass plays in the NFL. And A.J. Green, of course, is the Bengals' best bet to uh, deliver in both of those categories. You look at the slot receivers who have faced the uh, Steelers so far this year. Jarvis Landry, 7 for 106. Muhammad Sanu, 4 for 73 and a touchdown. Willie Sneed, 6 for 56. You know, those are all... Uh, above expectation outputs for those players. And I think that that bodes well for Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd only had four for 44 last week. Um, You know, the the Bengals beat the Dolphins with their running game and defensive touchdowns. 
Andy Dalton completed a, a season low 20 passes uh, and he threw for under 250 yards. So only one guy and that wound up being AJ Green had a big uh, fantasy week in the passing game for the Bengals last week. And that's going to happen in games like this. I think that this game will, as you, as you mentioned, uh, end up being a little bit more high scoring. I mean, the Bengals enter this game ranked third in the NFL in points. The Steelers are fourth. Uh, so that should kind of be the expectation. Uh, the Steelers' uh, opponents that are facing the Steelers this year average the fourth most pass attempts per game in the league, 41. Um, CJ, So Tyler Croft is out uh, indefinitely with a foot injury to the extent that the, the Bengals uh, signed another tight end uh, on Wednesday, Matt Lengel, because they needed depth. So C.J. Uzoma is going to dominate the, the Bengals' tight end snaps going forward. Uh, he played 92% of the snaps last week. He ran 28 routes. Um, and I, I think that C.J. Uzoma is a very interesting uh, streamer in this game, another guy that you might be able to get straight off the waiver wire. Uh, Travis Kelsey hurt the Steelers bad. Uh, the Bucks tight ends in week three combined for nine for 106 and a touchdown against them. Uh, in week four, the Ravens tight ends had 10 catches against them. And then Austin Hooper had nine catches against the Steelers last week. So uh, C.J. Uzoma, a guy to think about as a cheap DFS play and or season-long streamer. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, everyone knows about his, his home road splits and uh, how he uh, generally struggles on the road. And that's especially emphasized in the 1 p.m. Eastern time road games. You know, for whatever reason, uh, he, he's been excellent on the road in prime time. Uh, he has been excellent on the road even in the 4.30 starts. But 1 p.m. Eastern time games, um, he has not been as good. You know, I, I think that the, the way to view him is just to understand that he's going to be more high, high variance. That, you know, he, he may have a game here where he plays at his floor or, you know, but at the same time, like the shootout nature of this game, I think still makes him appealing and, and tough to, to turn away from in season long leagues. Um, and the Bengals really have not been great uh, at shutting down opposing quarterback play. I mean, uh, four of the five quarterbacks to face the Bengals have finished as top 12 fantasy passers on the week over his last 13 games. Going back to the Steelers week nine by last year. Ben has a uh, 34 to 12 touchdown interception ratio, averaging 333 yards per game over a 13 game span. That's that's very, very impressive. Uh, Vontez Burfitt came back from suspension last week. The Bengals still uh, not great in run defense on the year. They've allowed 4.7 yards per carry to opposing running backs. They've also also given up the seventh most receptions and eighth most receiving yards uh, to opposing running backs. All this bodes really, really well for James Conner, uh, who is top 10 among running backs and catches top five in receiving yards. And it sounds like when Le'Veon Bell comes back, they are genuinely going to use a committee. Uh, that's what Big Ben wants. Big Ben is getting his way in Pittsburgh these these days. I mean, he like handpicked his own OC this year. Um, and it, it also kind of uh, suits what Le'Veon Bell apparently wants, which is a workload a usage reduction so that he can uh, lengthen his career and or uh, reduce his uh, chances of injury. So even after Le'Veon Bell comes back, 
I think that James Conner is going to be at very at very least be a flex option uh, until something changes. The Bengals over the years have done the best job, really, of any team uh, of limiting Antonio Brown, uh, who has been held to 65 yards or fewer in three of their last five meetings. In their last one, though, Antonio Brown went eight for 101 and a touchdown. Um, this Cincinnati secondary has not been as good this year. They've allowed the six most catches and ninth most yards to opposing wide receivers. Antonio Brown leads the league in targets and end zone targets, and he is fourth in air yards. So uh, he is definitely good to go. Juju Smith-Schuster got in the end zone last week. He scored a touchdown and or cleared 100 yards in eight of his last nine games. Um, he is number two in the NFL in red zone targets. Uh, the Steelers used more two tight end sets than usual last week, even got uh, Xavier Grimble involved a little bit as their third tight end. So James Washington, the rookie receiver, played his fewest snaps in a month, uh, and he has seen five targets or fewer in every game uh, in every game over the last month. So really can't look at him yet as a fantasy play. Uh, Ryan Switzer saw seven targets in week four, only one. Last week, played two snaps. Vance McDonald was a guy that I used in daily fantasy, and I know that a lot of people were on him last week. You know, the only player on the Steelers to have more than four targets in that game was Antonio Brown. Um, and, you know, James Conner kind of dominated in the game. So pretty much everyone else was a disappointment. You, you wound up being all right because Juju scored a touchdown. But Vance McDonald was a dud. Uh he still ran more routes and played more snaps than Jesse James. Um, and I, I still think that, you know, with the state of the tight end position around the league, so many injuries, so many disappointments, Vance McDonald still a top 12 play uh, at the position. And we can move on to the next one. Chargers in Cleveland to take on a Browns defense that's been very good, really with the exception of that Raiders game. Yeah, really good uh, against the pass uh, in, in particular. Um, I mean, they have really uh, been able to check opposing passing game production. They have created 15 takeaways uh, through five games. That's more than they had in each of the last two seasons. Um, so the, the defense definitely has earned uh, respect you know, Greg Williams blitzes at the highest rate in the NFL, and Phillip Rivers has the best quarterback rating when under pressure in the NFL. So this will be a very interesting match of wits here uh, between Greg Williams and Phillip Rivers. I think that what will end up probably happening is that we'll end up seeing a lot of catches from Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, you know, Keenan Allen in the short area. Uh, and, you know, that, that doesn't suit the, the Williams the Williams is on the side as much, um, but I, it, you know, it, it puts all those players in good position. Melvin Gordon has been tremendous. Um, he would have scored two touchdowns last week, except he tripped over his own offensive lineman uh, on a, a 44. It would be 44 yard receiving touchdown that uh, wound up uh, being um, uh, just a 34 yard catch. Austin Eckler did rip a 44 yard receiving touchdown last week and he's in play every week as a flex option uh, and I think that this this matchup because of Greg Williams uh, love for the blitz for blitzing 
Uh, that suits Austin Eckler. Uh, Keenan Allen, I think, is one of the best buy lows in fantasy. One thing that you need to understand is that uh, the Chargers have been in some sort of strange, like game script situations where they've, you know, really controlled games uh, so far, and that's despite their defense being not even nearly as productive as it was uh, last season. You know, missing uh, several key components, uh, Joey Bosa most notably. Um, so I, I think that they're going to be in a lot more back and forth affairs. I mean, Philip Rivers has been held to 30 attempts or fewer in three of his last four games. Last year, he threw over 30 attempts in 14 of 16 games. Uh, so I, I think that, you know, as they start to throw the ball more and that's like inevitable, Keenan Allen is really going to benefit from that. And he's one of the best by lows in fantasy also has not gotten to the end zone in four straight games uh and you know that that those can kind of come in bunches uh as we we saw with odell beckham uh last week and as i think that we'll probably see with julio jones this week antonio gates they have not moved his usage at all you know he's playing 35 percent of the snaps running 14 routes per game and he has not yet reached a, pos- a position in terms of volume and playing time where we can start to consider him as a streamer on the other side, Baker Mayfield has been really good. I mean, in, in real life and really in fantasy, he finishes the quarterback 20 in week four, but that was just a crazy week for quarterback scoring. Uh, he was still right around 20 fantasy points last week. He was the quarterback 15. Um, so he's getting to the point where, you know, we can really start to think about him uh, as a streamer. Uh, and I think that that can begin this week. You know, the, the the Chargers have given up their fair share of big games. Jared Goff had a big game against them. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, of course. C.J. Beathard was pretty good against them in week four. Um, and then you look at his schedule after this, Baker Mayfield. I mean, you could not draw up a more favorable schedule from week six through ten than uh, the Chargers at home this week. Uh, and then the Bucks, Steelers, Chiefs, and Falcons. Those could all be high-scoring games. Uh, And Baker Mayfield, man, if you need quarterback help, he is in a really, really good spot, uh, I think. Carlos Hyde, I think, is is a good play this week, too. You know, the Browns talked about giving Nick Chubb more work entering last week, but they only gave him three carries again. Uh, Carlos Hyde has 19 or more touches in four or five games, 17 or more in all five. Uh, Duke Johnson has six touches or fewer in all five. Uh, the Chargers have been below average in run defense, giving up 4.3 yards per carry to opposing running backs. Carlos Hyde, you, you get to play him at home in a plus matchup uh, where his, uh, you know, with a, with pretty much locked in usage. Uh, so I think that he's a strong RB2 play against the Chargers. Uh, David Njoku has five and six catches the last two weeks. He had a couple of bad drops last week and you, you, you hate to see him get fall back into that kind of a habit. The, the, the scary part here is that the chargers have been really a shutdown defense against tight ends. Um, they gave up one big game to George Kittle in week four, but otherwise, I mean, they have held Gerald, Jared cook, Travis Kelsey, Charles clay, all under 30 yards. Um, and Joku is an opportunity-based play. 
Uh, he is getting a lot of air yards. He is getting a lot of targets from Baker Mayfield. I mean, he had 11 targets last week. Uh, but that is something to note, you know, with um, Derwin James back there in the Chargers secondary, they have like legit the, the, the personnel to uh, really slow down uh, receiving tight ends. Rashard Higgins is going to be out with an MCL injury. That's probably going to force Antonio Callaway back into the lineup as a full-time player. Um, don't really love attacking those Chargers outside corners, Casey Hayward and Trevor Williams. Um, but I think that Antonio Callaway, they're going to have to lean on him more. Derek Willies, uh, undrafted guy, um, he you know made some plays in, in overtime last week. Uh, and he's a, a guy to, to kind of file away, maybe stash in deeper leagues. Uh, Jarvis Landry, of course, is the target monster here. Uh, he's got 29 targets from Baker Mayfield so far this season. Next closest is Njoku with 20. Uh, so, so Jarvis Landry, obvious every week starter. Uh, we can move on to the next one. Bills at the Texans. Yeah, so um, Texans now on a two-game win streak. Um facing this Bills team that, you know, has pulled a couple of, of upsets, uh, really controlled last week's game. Titans really fumbled it away, though. I mean, they had way too many turnovers and, um, you know, just back-breaking turnovers. Uh, but, I, you know, with Deshaun Watson, he's dealing with this chest injury. It sounds like he's going to be fine. He's been a top-10 uh, fantasy quarterback in four straight weeks. He leads all quarterbacks – in rushing yards, um, and the Bills have given up the ninth most rushing yards to opposing quarterbacks. I, I really don't think that the Bills pose the, the best matchup for, for Deshaun Watson. I'm not sure that we're going to see necessarily a ceiling game out of him. Jerry Hughes was a monster last week off the edge, and he's going to be squaring off with, I don't know, whoever the Texans decide to trot out at left tackle this week. You know, that's been a revolving door. Uh, and probably that dude is really going to get his lunch eaten by Jerry Hughes. Um, but, you know, Deshaun Watson is to the point where he is an every week fantasy starter, and you just really don't overthink it. Uh, and especially with Kiki QT and uh, Will Fuller, I mean, they are, they're kind of stacked from a, a personnel standpoint in the, in the receiver core. We knew about Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins already, but Kiki QT has added another element to their offense. Uh, in the backfield, uh, last week, Alfred Blue was a monster friggin' workhorse, played 79 of 80 snaps, 27 touches. I think this is going to be a committee the rest of the way. Lamar Miller has been ineffective and banged up. Uh, and, you know, I, I think that it's it, it, it was trending that way actually last season. Uh, and then certainly uh, until Lamar Miller got hurt, they started to use Alfred Blue more. And Alfred Blue has been more effective. You know, he gets what's blocked, and he's really better in the passing game than Lamar Miller. Uh, so not excited to use really either guy in this game. Dante Foreman is tentatively due back in Week 7 from Reserve PUP. I think he's worth stashing in 14 and 16 team leagues. Um but I think that he probably just enters a committee and, you know, it, it doesn't ever get to the point where he's seeing 20-plus uh, touches or anything like that. 
but, you know, hey, guys, especially the running back position, get hurt in the NFL, and things can change on a dime. Uh, so I do think that Foreman is worth stashing in deeper leagues. Uh, in the receiver core, you know, I think we're going to see DeAndre Hopkins get shadowed by Tredavious White. Tredavious White pretty much shut down Corey Davis uh, last week uh, and has given up just 118 yards on 18 targets this season, zero touchdowns allowed. Um, the good news is that DeAndre Hopkins is awesome and Deshaun Watson is willing to throw into tight coverage. So even when Tredavious White has, you know, is in DeAndre Hopkins' hip pocket, um, you know, Deshaun Watson is going to be willing to pull the trigger. De- DeAndre Hopkins also has caught 11 of his 39 passes uh, on slot routes this year, and Tredavious White only goes in the slot 2% of the time. So he's going to get opportunities in the slot, uh, and, you know, I'm not going to overthink DeAndre Hopkins. Of course, he leads the freaking NFL in receiving yards. Uh, Will Fuller was really a decoy last week. You know, he was out there for 96% of the snaps, but he only drew three targets. Uh, and he did help, you know, DeAndre Hopkins and, uh, and, and Kiki QT and Ryan Griffin uh, popped up for a big game. Uh, but I think that in this second game back from the, the, the hamstring aggravation, we'll see a little bit more of Will Fuller. He's going to get uh, the better matchup uh, with Tredavious White, very likely on DeAndre Hopkins. Buffalo secondary has been hit with a lot of injuries. So Will Fuller, every week wide receiver two, despite a slow week five. Kiki UT with Will Fuller back still played 71% of the Texans snaps. They are an 11 personnel offense uh, at this point. Ran a route on 42 of Deshaun Watson's 45 dropbacks. Uh, All of his catches are coming around the line of scrimmage. He has zero targets, 20-plus yards downfield. But they are manufacturing touches for him, and that makes him an every-week option Wide receiver three flex uh, in PPR leagues, particularly they he, you know, he scored a touchdown on a pop pass at the goal line uh, last week. Ryan Griffin again failed to top five targets in all the first four games. Uh, then he had nine last week. It's not really like a bankable trend there. Uh, I think that as Will Fuller becomes more incorporated into the offense, um, you know, Ryan Griffin will go back to to being a little bit more quiet. And I don't think that he is as good of a streamer as like Cameron Brate or uh, CJ Uzoma, who we discussed before. Uh, the Texans are, you know, one of the best defensive plays of the week. Uh, the Bills, you know, just the Titans against them last week did not wind up being a great play. They were okay, but not great. Uh, that was in large part just because of the way that the game went. Uh, Taewon Taylor fumbled a, a uh, he lost a fumble on a first quarter drive. Josh Allen rushes in for a touchdown uh, from 14 yards out, and the Bills just kind of controlled it the rest of the way. Titans kept giving them the ball, um, you know, with fumbles and interceptions. So um, I think that this game will, will be not you know will, will not go that way, uh, and you can definitely tee up the Texans. Uh, it'll be JJ Watt against Jordan Mills for much of this game. Uh, and that's a matchup that J.J. Watt can, can win. Um, the Texans have been really good in run defense. We saw them shut down Zeke Elliott last week, 54 yards on 20 carries, have held opposing running backs to 3.4 yards per carry. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, we, we saw that he still has gas left in the tank. I mean, that would have been a legitimate question 
in his first three games, but he finally got touches last week. Uh, 26, took him for 108 yards, had some uh, great chunk runs between the tackles. Uh, he led the Bills in receiving yards with 23, which speaks to, you know, don't use players in the Bills passing game. Do, do not even overthink that. Um, but we saw enough last week from LaShawn McCoy that uh, he's at least back in consideration. What you worry about is the Bills falling behind again. Uh, and that, that's a distinct possibility here. Uh, so that puts LaShawn McCoy, unfortunately, uh, still on that flex play fringe. The Bills have scored 13 points or fewer in three of five games. Um, don't even need to talk about any of the, the receivers or tight ends for the Bills. Next one. I like it. Bears, Dolphins. What do you got on this one? Yeah, so Dolphins kind of showing their true colors, have lost back-to-back games. Uh, they were, were both tough, tough ones. You know, they, they got blown out in Foxborough, which really no, no, one, be, no one should be surprised by. Uh, Cincinnati, you know, they, they kind of were, were in good position for most of that game. And Larry, Laramie Tunsil goes out with a concussion and, like, the world ends. And, um, you know, Cincinnati is, is just forcing turnovers at will. And so, they, man, they need Laramie Tunsil back. You know, uh, he it looked like, based on beat writers' tweets, that he was going to practice on Wednesday. That's probably a good sign, but he's got to make it through all the steps in the concussion protocol, uh, and that's scary against you know this Bengals defensive front with uh, Carl Lawson and I'm sorry against this Bears defensive front, which is even better uh, than the the Bengals defensive front with freaking Khalil Mack and you know, Leonard Floyd and Akeem Hicks and, you know, Eddie Goldman. Uh, I mean, they are, they are loaded, loaded up front. Uh, but, you know, the, the, the Dolphins have lost their center, Daniel Kilgore, to injured reserve. They lost their left guard, Josh Sitton, to uh, injured reserve. Uh, so they, they cannot afford their entire left side of their line to cave in uh, against arguably the best defense in football. Uh, I, I don't want any part of any Dolphin in this game. I do think that from a, a, a usage standpoint, it's notable that it seems like the Dolphins have settled on Frank Gore as their primary between-the-tackles grinder and Kenyon Drake as their space back. Uh, you know, that was the role that Kenyon Drake played at Alabama. That's what everyone thought he was going to be coming out of college. Uh, he now leads the team in targets with 25. And Frank Gore has outcarried him 23-9 to over the last two weeks. So, uh, you know, really don't want to start either of these guys in fantasy if I can help it this week. I mean, the, the Bears have allowed the fewest receiving yards to running backs in the NFL, 2.9 yards per carry. Uh, but just from a usage standpoint, that is what we should expect going forward. Um, you know, the, the pass catchers are just, just avoid them because no one really gets targets. You know, it's – there will be some weeks where Kenny Stills will be interesting, but not this week. Um, Trubisky comes back from that incredible six-touchdown game where you know the, the um, Matt Nagy drew up some great like wheel route concepts and got guys wide open, and you know there was no pass rush and just everything went swimmingly for Mitchell Trubisky. Um, I think that you know Mitchell, well Mitchell Trubisky had not been even a top 18 fantasy quarterback in any of his first three games. And this looks like a low scoring game. Uh, I think that you could start Trubisky in, in two quarterback 
leagues, but I'm, I'm not ready to get to the point of streaming him quite yet. Uh, another significant development from that pre-buy week four game uh, Bears against the Buccaneers was a potential shift in the backfield because Tarek Cohen had seen eight touches or fewer in each of the first three games. And then all of a sudden he pops up for 20 touches in week four, plays 48 percent of the snaps, season high, totaled 170 yards from scrimmage, was a big part of Matt Nagy using the wheel routes to attack the Buccaneers. It might have been game plan specific. It might have been specific to that game. Um, but it makes Jordan Howard a little bit riskier. Uh, Jordan Howard, his number of routes run have dipped in four straight weeks, and his playing time has been on a uh, a full month decline. So, you know, it, it, I don't think it's necessarily a blip for Jordan Howard, uh, and I think it reduces him, you know, as a guy that. I mean, I entered the season liking him as like a fringe RB1. I think that he's toward low-end RB2 territory right now, and I think that Tarek Cohen is a flex option uh, against the Dolphins. It's going to be a backfield, though, that we probably are tracking week to week, and opinions will change week to week. Uh, but that's the expectation that I have uh, right now. Again, you know, the Bengals, as, as discussed earlier, the Bengals were able to keep A.J. Green away from the Dolphins' top cornerback, Xavier Howard, uh, by moving him into the slot for almost half of his routes last week. And that's something that the Bears could conceivably copy with Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson has already been playing 35% of his snaps in the slot. Um, he has the most air yards on the team. He has five red zone targets. Uh, that's tied with Taylor Gabriel for most on the team. I think that Allen Robinson is an okay wide receiver three slash flex play. Not a great one. I think that Taylor Gabriel is actually to the point where he is not far behind Allen Robinson uh, in terms of usability in fantasy. I do think that over the course of the year, Allen Robinson will outproduce Taylor Gabriel. But Taylor Gabriel has been a much bigger part of this offense than I expected. Over the last two weeks, he has 227 air yards. Uh, that is far more than Allen Robinson at 161 Uh Taylor Gabriel also plays 30% of his routes, or I'm sorry, 36% of his snaps in the slot. Uh, so he will stay away from Xavier uh, Howard uh, on a decent chunk this week. Uh, and he also leads the team in targets inside the 10-yard line with four. Uh, so he's very, very similar to Allen Robinson in terms of usage, if not better, uh, over the past couple of weeks. Uh, Trey Burton has seen six, four, five, and four targets, uh, and he's 12th among tight end in uh, air yards. Uh, so he's just right on that tight end one slash two fringe. Uh, the Dolphins have allowed the 13th most yards to tight ends. They play a lot of zone. They, they really should be vulnerable to tight ends. Uh, but Trey Burton, from a usage standpoint, he's just you know not getting big-time usage with Gabriel playing a bigger role than expected in the passing game. We can move on to the next one. All right, let's get to Arizona and Minnesota after I make sure everybody knows to go to betonline.ag if and when you want to put some money down, especially if you like some of the things you're hearing from Evan. Go to betonline.ag, use the code PODCAST1. 
betonline.ag. Use the code PODCAST1. That's the key to get a 50% welcome bonus, which is awesome. It's where Evan goes. It's where I go. It's where a lot of people go these days. And it's the official uh, online sports book of the PODCAST1 Sportsnet, which is awesome. Maybe I can just... Put money or bet somehow at betonline.ag, Evan, against all of the idiots who don't think that Kurt Cousins is good at football. And, yes, I said <laughs> Kurt on purpose. Kurt, I mean, dude, that guy, I'm not saying he's a top-five quarterback or he's the best in the league, but the guy is good. There, there are a lot of teams that would love to have him. I will say this, though, too. He made what? some unbelievable throws last week under duress, but his receivers uh, – Thielen and Diggs, awesome. they're, they're really, really good, man. They're really good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we've seen him produce, like, you know, the, with in Washington, with their, their offensive line would be decimated. They wouldn't have Jordan Reed. You know, Josh Doxson is a bust. You know, like, they, he, he would be productive with a lot of things working against him. This year, we've seen him be productive. Of course, he's got the, the wide receivers working in his favor, no question. But the offensive line hasn't been good. He's second in the NFL in uh, passer rating under pressure. So he is like compensated almost single-handedly for the problems on the offensive line. Isn't that the mark of a good quarterback? I mean, yes. So, yeah, I'm totally with you. He's 11 touchdowns, two interceptions, uh, over 295 yards in four straight games. Um, You know, goes back to the Dome this week. Last two games were on the road. Um, you know, C.J. Beathard picked apart this Cardinals defense uh, last week. A lot of yards, really beat them up underneath. But that's something that I think the Vikings can certainly do with uh, Adam Thielen, Kyle Rudolph, Stephon Diggs. Um, so, you know, I, I Kirk Cousins is an every week fantasy starter. That's not even in, in any doubt. Um, I don't know if Dalvin Cook is going to be back. Uh, but if he's not, then Latavius Murray uh, comes into play as an RB2. Uh, that's something that we won't find out until later in the week. Stefan Diggs is, you know, just the lowercase Antonio Brown, 10 catches last week. He will run the most routes on Patrick Peterson's side of the field, uh, but he does play in the slot um, 23% of the time. Uh, and he's going to get like 20-plus percent of his routes on the other side. Patrick Peterson has been mostly left cornerback this year. So Stefan Diggs is – I don't think he's like a wide receiver one necessarily like he was against Philly, but I think that he is a wide receiver two with wide receiver one upside. Adam Thielen is like a legit top five receiver. I mean, 100 yards in five straight games to begin the season – uh, dude is like an incredible route runner. He is second in the NFL in receiving yards, trailing DeAndre Hopkins by five yards. Um, tight ends have been fairly productive uh, against the Cardinals so far this year. Cardinals are playing a lot more zone under Steve Wilkes. George Kittle, five for 83 last week. Trey Burton had four for 55. Uh, Jordan Reed, four for 48 and a touchdown. Kyle Rudolph has five or more catches in four straight games, not, not a, usually a big upside uh, play, but a decent low-end tight end one. Um, Josh Rosen hit Christian Kirk for a 75-yard touchdown bomb off play action last week, and then 
we, you know, the, the Cardinals passing game didn't do a whole lot more. I'm starting to worry about Larry Fitzgerald from a health standpoint. Uh, he has been dealing with a hamstring injury, and uh, they signed Kendall Wright, career slot receiver. Larry Fitzgerald this year has been 80% slot. So is that a tell that, you know, they, that they're worried about him maybe missing time or having a setback? You know, it's unfortunate, but I don't think that um, Larry Fitzgerald is playable right now, uh, has zero touchdowns, hasn't reached 40 yards in a game since week one. Chad Williams hasn't reached 25 yards in a game all year. Uh, Ricky Seals-Jones coming off catchless game, starting to lose snaps to Jermaine Gresham. Uh, David Johnson has come alive. Uh, with Josh Rosen at quarterback, they're at least getting getting him the ball. He was 16 touches or fewer in each of the first three games, 20 and 25 touches the last two weeks. Uh, Vikings are are one of just three teams left to not allow a rushing touchdown to a running back. Uh, they have also allowed the fourth fewest catches to opposing running backs. Um, so the matchup is real, real bad for David Johnson, but the usage has been there. And that's what we can hang our hats on with him. Uh, but he's just an RB2 in this game. We can move on to the next one. Colts, Jets, go. <laughs> I like it. Uh, Colts, Jets. So your boy Isaiah Crowell just had a monster game. You know, he's he's up and down week to week. Uh, and that's kind of the way he plays, too, because he's he has this ability to hit long runs. Um but he gets stuffed a lot, and I just think that that's going to be, you know, the, the, the story of his career. Uh, this is a pretty good matchup. Colts are getting back Darius Leonard, but, I mean, I think their luck is starting to run out a little bit on defense. They've given up over 30 in two straight games, uh, you know, and just still from a personnel standpoint, I'm not worried about them. Uh, defensively. So I think that you could start Isaiah Crowell with a pretty high level of confidence. Keep in mind, he got out-touched by Bilal Powell 20-16 to last week. And really, things have not changed in the backfield suddenly in, in terms of, of their usage. Uh, and I think it's going to continue to be uh, an even split. Bilal Powell also had more snaps than Isaiah Crowell. So they're, they're still kind of in the same boat. Uh, it's just that we've seen more upside from Isaiah Crowell, and that's to be expected. That's why he was drafted before Bilal Powell. But Bilal Powell is still a usable flex, in, uh, especially in PPR leagues. Um, Sam Darnold shredded the, uh, the, the Broncos in the first half last week. Robbie Anderson just took Bradley Roby to school. I mean, R- Bradley Roby could not cover Robbie Anderson. Uh, and there was also a great uh, – and Robbie Anderson, of course, scored two long touchdowns. The second long touchdown was just a perfect throw by Sam Darnold. Uh, I, you know, Sam Darnold is a two-quarterback league starter at this point. I, I'm not ready to stream him. Robbie Anderson, I, again, I don't think things really change for him. But they have made more of an em- emphasis on targeting him uh, the last two weeks. And he's getting a lot of air yards. So he's going to continue to be a volatile dude. Because that's again, that's his game number one. Uh, it's you know big play dependent, uh, but uh, and, and you know it also helps him that Quincy Anunua is starting to struggle. Quincy Anunua 
showed up in the injury report last week with a hip injury, but he played in the game with a, a brace on his hand, uh, and he dropped the quick screen, and Darnold hit him for a would-be like 30- or 40-yard touchdown in Chris Harris's coverage. Uh, but it, it went right off uh, Quincy Inunua's fingertips, unfortunately. Uh, so he wound up with zero catches. And, you know, I wouldn't blame anyone for just kind of giving him the week off, you know, if you have decent alternatives. Um, I, I do think he's going to come back, you know, when he gets fully healthy and be a, a, a guy that we can look to for volume. But um, he's, he's scary because he's playing hurt right now. Um, not a whole lot of love for anybody else there. Jermaine Curse uh, is playing more in the slot. That actually has moved Inunua out wide. Terrell Pryor caught a 20-yard touchdown last week, but otherwise didn't play a whole lot. Uh, on the Colts side, we're going to continue to see extreme high-volume passing from the Colts. Uh, Andrew Luck is on pace for almost 800 pass attempts. So, um, you know, that's something that, that you can hang your hat on. Efficiency is more important than volume at the quarterback position in fantasy. Uh, it's actually different for from running back and to some extent wide uh, uh, wide out and tight end you want volume for those guys uh, but efficiency is more important at the quarterback position in fantasy except when you're getting like 60 pass attempts a game okay because then you're going to end up it, like it, it, it starts to not matter and Andrew Luck can run and the Jets play man and so this is a pretty good matchup we are not going to see T.Y. Hilton or Jack Doyle unfortunately this week but Andrew Luck can still get it done uh, as a low-end Quarterback one with with a decent decent ceiling. Um, Eric Ebron is just keep going back to him. You know I put him in every DFS lineup that I played last week on Thursday through Monday. I had a really good DFS week, uh, and he was a big part of that. Just keep riding him uh, because you know hey he's going to make mistakes, but he's going to end up with good box scores, uh, and that's all we care about in fantasy football. Uh, the wide receiver core is kind of a miss, uh, a, a, a mix match, a, a mishmash. Chester Rogers, Zach Pascal, Ryan Grant, um, you know Marcus Johnson. I think that Chester Rogers probably has the best matchup uh, against the Jets. Just getting smashed every single week by slot receivers. Uh, no Buster Screen this week. He'll be out with a concussion. Um, so I think that Chester Rogers, if you're trying to dig deep has some appeal. Naheem Hines has been awesome in fantasy as well, and he's just such a great fit for the offense, the, the short, quick-passing offense. Get the ball out, uh, and I expect him to keep it up. Uh, do, we, we do need to keep an eye on Marlon Mack um, potentially coming back. I think, though, that they would just replace him one for re- – replace Jordan Wilkins one for one with Marlon Mack. That would make the most sense. Because Naheem Hines is, again, such a great fit for the offense and he's been playing well. I don't see why they would reduce his playing time. He has earned a a starting spot every week in PPR leagues. I definitely want to give Marlon Mack a week week to just see what happens before trying to start him. uh, Because the last time he came back, you know, he pulled that hamstring again. It's been ongoing since the preseason. Um, And then... I think that that, yeah, that that should cover it. We can move on to the next one. All right, let's get to the Seahawks and the Raiders. They're playing over in London. 
Don't look now, Evan, but the Seahawks offense kind of coming alive a little bit, especially now that they have been running the ball consistently. And I think that the Raiders might stink. I'm not sure, but I think that they might stink. They definitely stink on defense. Um, their offense, you know, they they have shown flashes. I probably bought into them a little bit too much entering last week. I kind of started to like them. Uh, but they have only scored over 21 points in four of their last five games, or in four of their five games this year. And dating back to last season, they've scored over 21 in only nine of I'm sorry, in only one of their last 10. So sustained inability to put up big scores, and that's going to be a problem when you can't stop anyone on defense. Uh, I think of this another game where we should see a lot of Mike Davis and a lot of Chris Carson. Last week it was Chris Carson in the lead role, uh, 20 touches, uh, 58% of the snaps. But Mike Davis was very involved, scored a touchdown, 14 touches, 42% of the snaps. Um, I think that we will see, again, both of those guys, again, get pretty good usage. The Raiders uh, have allowed over five yards per carry to opposing running backs and five rushing touchdowns in five games. Last week they gave up chunk receptions to Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon for 44 and 34 yards. Uh, so Mike Davis, you know, I, I wound up picking him up in a bunch of leagues last week, started him. I, I'm sticking with him. And Chris Carson is the lead back in a great matchup. Um, I, you know, people get worried about the low-scoring nature of these London games because when they started playing the London games, uh, I think it, there was, like, some bad weather there and, you know, there were some sloppy games and, but 12 of the last 18 games played in London, 67%, uh, produced at least 47 points with a bunch of shootouts. So I'm not worried about the venue here. Um, what would be more concerning uh, for Derek Carr, of course, is just his performance. Um, leads the NFL in interceptions. Uh, he's been a top 16 fantasy passer in just one of five starts. Uh, each of the last four quarterbacks to face the Seahawks have finished as a quarterback 18 or worse, including Jared Goff uh, last week, who was just on fire going into the game. And not that he played badly, but, I mean, they're not giving up fantasy production to quarterbacks right now, and Derek Carr is not producing. Uh, so he's, you know, he's a two-quarterback league, end of the, end of the, the spectrum two-quarterback league guy. Marshawn Lynch is the squeaky wheel uh, in this game. They threw a pass at the one-yard line, of course got intercepted. Uh, you know, that happened in the Super Bowl. Marshawn Lynch said, you know, he talked about it after the game. He, he, he's not really like a complainer, but he definitely you know, thought he should have got the rock there. Um, he only got 11 touches last week. This will be his first game against his old team, uh, against the Seahawks. So this is like a, a major revenge game. They, they need to put the ball in his damn belly. 30 times because he's the best player on the offense. And he's been the best player on the offense for uh, since the, the second half of last season. Uh, so uh, we've seen Ezekiel Elliott, David Johnson, Todd Gurley, all three in a row have really good games in fantasy against the Seahawks. But Marshawn Lynch needs to be the focus of this offense. Please do it, John Gruden. Um, Amari Cooper, you know, it's it's going to continue to be up and down. Um that's just what we've seen from him. 
Uh, he's been held under 50 yards in 12 of his last 18 games. Um, nothing about, you know, his matchup this week, I think is like scary, but you just have to expect like extreme ups and downs. He's been terrible, uh, in the box score in three of five games this year. In the other two, he was really good. Uh, last week dealt with Casey Hayward and, you know, it's just the combination of Derek Carr kind of not loving to pull the trigger on difficult throws with, uh, Amari Cooper's own inconsistency and, you know, both learning a new offense that that's going to just can further contribute to their inconsistency. Jordy Nelson has been, uh, fairly consistent. He's still 76th in the NFL in air yards. Uh, and I think he's going to be fairly touchdown dependent. Uh, he has not made big plays. He did in that week three game against the dolphins, but that was in large part due to coverage bus. Um, but he, he's starting to get a lot more red zone work, and that's where he can really excel. Uh, so I think that he is, um, you know, he's a solid wide receiver three slash flex against Seattle. Uh, Martavis Bryant in week four dropped two passes. Last week lost a fumble uh, at midfield, just a backbreaker. Wound up running a season low 10 routes. Uh, not, not a fantasy option uh, against Seattle. Uh, Russell Wilson has not been running, man. Zero scrambles last week. Um, 22nd among quarterbacks in rushing attempts with 11. He has fewer rushing attempts than Ben Roethlisberger. Um, you know, and he's been dealing with a hamstring injury. The good, the good news is that the Seahawks have a bye next week. So hopefully when they come out of the bye, he'll be healthier. And he's one of the best deep ball throwers. And he has been for, you know, since he entered the league. And the Raiders, because they can't rush the passer, they get crushed by deep balls. Third most 20-plus yard completions allowed in the NFL. Most pass plays of 40-plus yards allowed. Uh, see, they've given up six 40-plus yard pass plays in five games. Um, you know, this is, this is Russell Wilson's passing bread and butter. Uh, so I'm, I'm starting him, but the upside and the floor definitely take significant, meaningful hits when he is not running at all, when he's just a pure pocket passer. From a matchup standpoint, this game sets up best for Tyler Lockett. Uh, Tyler Lockett, ha- he, he leads the Seahawks in air yards with 370. Uh, he has three 40-plus yard catches already uh, in five games, and that doesn't include a 39-yard touchdown last week where he just dusted Marcus Peters of the Rams. Uh, he also ran more slot routes than Doug Baldwin last week, and the Raiders have been getting killed in the slot. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, Keenan Allen, Albert Wilson, Cooper Cup, Jarvis Landry all had good games against them in the slot. I mean, I think that Tyler Lockett is an every week's fantasy starter right now. Uh, Doug Baldwin, first of all, you have to understand like the nature of the games last week. So Tyler Lockett did have a good game. Doug Baldwin got one target. Uh, and that, but that was primarily because they ran the ball so friggin' much against the Rams and with a lot of success. So Russell Wilson had 13 completions. So no one is really going to be productive in a game like that. You were kind of lucky uh, with, with Tyler Lockett. But it's hard to hold against uh, Doug Baldwin. I think that we can go right back to him. Uh, this week he was still out there for you know, over 80% of the snaps. And I think he's actually a decent buy low. 
they, I do think that they're going to have rushing success uh, this game, though. So you know, there is definitely still some some risk there. Uh, and he's a wide receiver three, you know, not the wide receiver one that he has been in years past. Uh, David Moore has passed Brandon Marshall on the Seahawks depth chart at wide receiver. Um, you know, not getting a lot of targets, uh, is scoring touchdowns. Uh, and he is a guy that should be rostered in all dynasty leagues. Uh, Nick Vanette is playing tight end now for the Seahawks. Uh, don't really want any part of that, any part of him. We can move on to the next one. Last one here in episode one on the show that's so nice we do it twice. Carolina Panthers against the Redskins who played one of the worst games I've seen in a while Monday night. I was on the sideline for that. I like uh. Alex Smith. He was terrible. Defensively, they were just like dropping coverages. Every time they did get a stop on third down, there'd be some penalty. Monte Nicholson had a dumb penalty. I mean, they just... They got annihilated in every aspect of the game Monday night. Let's see. Some nice yeah. teams bounce back in a major way after that. Yeah, I, I actually think that they are kind of in position to bounce back um, going back home. But that was – it was embarrassing. It, it really was embarrassing on both sides of the ball. Uh, they just didn't show up at all. And I haven't written up this game yet. Um, so I don't, I'm not going to have a ton of comments on it. But – it goes back to, you know, that, that idea that we've talked about a lot, uh, that coming off of bye weeks, uh, teams are, you know, they some, sometimes they perform at really at their peak. Other times they perform like well below expectation. Uh, and that's what we saw from Washington. I thought that Cam Newton kind of performed in that manner last week too. Really had his worst game of the season. Uh, The the Panthers' running game was not nearly as good as it had been uh, coming off of uh, the bye. Uh, So just something to note uh, as we move forward that, you know, these guys coming off the bye, they they might be riskier uh, as plays, uh, you know, and you've talked about it because, you know, know, and it differs from team to team. You get out of your routine, especially early in the season. Um, and you know it, it just it leads to more higher variance uh, production and performance. Got it. Do you have anything else to say about this game, or is that it? No, that that's it. I mean, we're waiting on a lot of injury news, and I haven't written it up yet, so we can just end it here. All right. Well, we will end it here, and we'll get ready for the late games and the Sunday night or the Monday night. Or they will all be on part two that we will release shortly after midnight. And in part two, I will also have one of the final words for the Madden, free Madden phrase that pays. They'll do it. We're stuffed. But it's the show that's so nice we do it twice. So make sure you listen to the next one, Fantasy Feast. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, and the College Draft podcast, all available on iTunes at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found.